everyone, and welcome to the Real Ones Canes podcast. I'm the Beast, Brian London. He is Brandon O'Doy. Do us a favor. The show is growing. It's getting big, people. Go subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, all those places, and go find the YouTube channel as well. And uh, we post all the videos up on there. So we've got a couple of big stories in Canes Nation to discuss. The schedule for next season did come down. We don't have times yet, but we have dates. We'll get into that in segment number two. But the big news from yesterday, we all kind of woke up and was like, what is this? Oh, it's Ja'Cory Brown on the Momentum podcast. And the Hurricanes quarterback definitely dished. He was unfiltered. It was a great job by Mo Hassan and uh, Devin Perry on the real on the uh, Momentum podcast, getting Ja'Cory to open up a little bit. Brandon, um, you're the one that sent it to me, and it blew my mind. What were your thoughts overall on Ja'Cory's appearance on the Momentum podcast? Well, it's debatable whether or not he should have been able to do that. I mean, we've been credentialed media members for a long time, and we know if you don't go through media relations at the University of Miami to get an interview with a football player, you, you're probably treading on thin ice. I mean, but, you know, Mo Hassan and Perry took advantage of the fact that they are not credentialed members of the media at Miami, and they got a great big get as far as getting a chance to sit down with Ja'Curry Brown. And what made it so special, Beast, is because this is a guy we've not been able to hear from. And, you know, and I text back and forth with Perry. I said, man, listen, I know you're a football player, but I have a media background. And what made your interview so special is nobody in Kane's fandom or anyone who pays attention to this team understood why he wasn't playing. But what we came away from, I mean, he probably, his fan base probably grew exponentially because all the guy was talking about was competing. And I think he mentioned that, you know, Cam Ward, he, he talked about when, Cam came and how he was anxious to get the competition going and how you kind of had to be, you know, cut from a different cloth in his mentality. And it's like, yes, finally, this is what we wanted. We wanted guys at the University of Miami who don't mind talent being brought in and saying, hey, let the cream, cream rise to the top. And it's like I said, Beast, there's no better person to bring in for Ja'Curry Brown than Cam Ward because they are like mirror images. One just has more experience and has played more college football. So if I'm the University of Miami, yeah, I know he got a, you know, a slap on the wrist and he, he put out the tweet, you know, sort of apologizing leadership because, you know, he took some veiled shots at Tyler Van Dyke. And, 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 and it, you know what? I didn't have a problem with it because I, I have said on this podcast all along that football – wasn't that important to Tyler Van Dyke and Ja'Curry Brown basically told me, Hey, Brandon O'Doy, you have been right. And I liked that. And I was excited about uh, being proven right because Beast, when you tell the media uh, after a big loss that maybe you're not preparing as well as you should have uh, for games, that's something that's an unforgivable thing for a senior leader and a high NIL guy to say, at the quarterback position, and you kind of, you know, just 
eased and wasted away what should have been a 10-11 win season for the University of Miami because of, you know, you really just didn't prepare, didn't come to play, and didn't really have that dog mentality. And, you know, he said, oh, I don't want football to define me and all these other things. And that's just dog whistling for, hey, guys, this isn't that important to me. You know, I got other things to do. If I, if I do well at football, fine, but, you know, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to graduate, you know. I'm not worried about where my next meal is coming from. I'm not looking to become a millionaire off this. And so, you know, I know he, you know, I know he wasn't supposed to do it, but thank God he did. And uh, just a great get by Hassan and Perry. And, uh, you know, I just enjoyed every second of it. So a couple of things. First, just to let you know, uh, the Momentum podcast, Mo Hassan, he was a guy that played a Dillard quarterback, uh, went on. Uh, Mo Hassan played everywhere. He played. Yeah, like he went to Syracuse, schools. Syracuse, Vanderbilt, no, before, USC. Before college football. Oh, okay. Mo High school. Hassan played. Yeah. Oh my God, he went to. He was the first guy in South Florida to play at like fifteen schools. Literally, this kid played at no. And Mo Hassan didn't just play at different places. And this is not a knock on Mo. Like his his path was his path. I mean, he went D one, so he did right. something right, but. He literally would be at a place in the spring and be at a different place in the fall. That's like, we joked about it all the time. Like, we like, God, this guy, Mo Hassan, he's still playing football. Like, it was just like, he, he's, it seems like he's been around forever, you know? Yeah, and, and, and he's a smart dude, man. He's got a, a degree in Super economics smart. and history from Vanderbilt. He's got a degree in applied psychology from USC. He's got a big-time charity uh, called Second Spoon. Uh, where he where he basically takes uh, leftover food from all these huge training tables, distributes to the unhoused. So it's uh, he he does a lot of good things, and he's been around uh, at a bunch of D one schools. And his uh, running mate uh, on the podcast, Devon Perry, was uh, a walk on running back at Miami who had a a, a fabulous spring at one point. But uh, so that's the momentum podcast. But what I, here's my takeaways: one. Um, I, I was really impressed by Ja'Cory Brown, how he was able to express himself. So intelligent. I think he's grounded. Uh, and he talked a little bit about his childhood. His dad, you know, lives in Delaware. He moved out in eighth grade. He lived with a friend. Like, he was taking bus hours to school. Despite all of that, has stayed grounded, has stayed humble. Um, I think I loved his comments on on competition. I loved his comments on loyalty. Um, I, I really, really, like you said, I fell in love with him even more than I was by watching this interview. Did he say some things that maybe he might take back? Sure. But I, I, I think it's refreshing to see. I, we always, going back, going back to the days of Butch Davis, when I, when I you know, and Dennis Erickson, and whatever, we always would say, Hey, listen, like these kids have great stories. A lot of these kids are great kids with all sorts of stuff about them that people would love to know. We just want to be able to tell their stories. And you, whoever that may be, whoever the uh, doorkeeper was at the University of Miami, are preventing us from telling these stories. You don't give us the access. You don't let us know what's going on. We can't showcase how great these kids are. And this was an example of that. Now, in the world of new media, right, Brandon, and, and, and you're a media savant, you, you, you've got a huge background in this, the paradigm is shifting because now these kids can have their own platforms, right? Like they don't necessarily need us to tell their stories. 
is that is that is that a good thing? I don't know whether it is or not. Like we, you and I, and and those of us that are credentialed have some training and and know how to handle these situations. You know, Mo and Devin might give them props. They're not credentialed. They don't ha- have to have bear that responsibility of hey, if I screw up. I can't go to the press box or I can't go to the next press conference. I can't talk to this kid, that kid. So they're not living by the same rules. Um, but I do I, I do think we've reached the era, and you see it in the NFL all the time. I mean, you look at the Kelseys and their podcast. Uh, you look at the NBA. Half the players have their own podcast um, where kids are able to tell their own story. Players are able to tell their own story. Um, and it, it it does bring out a different side, and I liked it. But my overall thought was, yeah, maybe Jakari said a couple of things that he might have back and stuff on Tyler and whatnot. But overall, um, I, I became way more impressed with the kid. Um, and we did we did find out a couple of nuggets that one, he did ask to be redshirted, and two, uh, the FSU week, he clarified it several times. He was supposed to be the backup. Tyler was third string. Tyler had been benched. Emery got hurt. He thought he was going in, and instead. They went to Tyler Van Dyke. Interesting move. I can see the pluses and minuses on it. Um, but uh, listen, that's in the past. And I think moving forward, you're right. Um, he's going to compete his butt off with Cam Ward. And if worse comes to worse and he backs up Cam, he's going to learn a lot from that guy. And we're going to see a stronger Jacory Brown after it. I just hope he's not penalized for doing that pod because – Sometimes that can get under coaches' skins and they feel like, man, you're, you're kind of letting things out of the the barn, so to speak. And I just hope he doesn't get put in the doghouse, um, you know, for that. Because I don't think most Kings fans have any issue with what he said. I mean, Tyler basically put his resume down. You either like what he did here or you don't. Um, and he's no longer a hurricane. So there's no reason to protect him. Like, it's just, he didn't say anything disparaging about the coaching staff. You know, he just talked about an ex-teammate. And he everyone's been outspoken about Tyler, his do's and his don'ts, and his, you know, his ups and his downs. And, and, and in fairness to Tyler, when he was good, everybody was on the Tyler Van Dyke yeah. bandwagon. Yeah. And when he started throwing picks and costing the team games, people start getting off of it. And, and it was just... That's the life of a quarterback. That's just how it goes. It's super fair. You know what I mean? And uh, I just think Brown, he highlighted that, but God, he came away so likable and so new, you know, so old school Miami. And it's just like, wow. Like, I love that because even if he doesn't win the job, he's going to be breathing down the throats of Cam Ward and, and Reese, you know, I can't say his last name, but you know, (laughs) it's, Good Lord. I mean, I'm jacked after watching that. Yeah, I really and, am. And and the other thing, uh, we got a little insight as to Shannon Dawson's coaching style behind closed doors. Uh, you know, what he wants from his guys, how he handles film sessions. So that was good to see. Um, and just, you know what the other takeaway I got from Jacory is, is that dude gets it, right? He's like, listen, I, 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 I came from – 
you know, a, a background that was up and down. Like I need to use football to get where I want to be in life, but where I want to be in life isn't just a football player. It's man, I'm studying, uh, you know, criminal justice. I'm standing, studying animal biology. I'm, you know, I want to be a, you know, this kind of doctor, that kind of doctor. When football's done, I want to have a ranch in Texas and I, and, and I'm going to get there. Like I'm going to work hard to get there no matter what I do. I think his perspective, um, you know, they talk about Gen Z and this generation, you know, maybe not getting it. This kid gets it. And, and see, this, this is the conversation that I was having. And it's no knock against Tyler. This guy has hunger and a thirst for using this opportunity to become more than he has currently right now. And, and that's what made guys from certain areas so great. It's because the Ed Reeds of the world, the Ray Lewis's of the world, like these guys didn't want to go back to their situations after spending time in Coral Gables. They wanted to elevate. And, and you know, football is a tough sport. So at any time you're not fully invested in it, it's kind of show. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's like I said, Beast, like when Cam was doing all that back and forth, I was like – this is before we knew all the stuff we know about Brown, but my intuition, you know, I, I feel like I was, you know, just completely validated. It's not about me. It's just about what makes the most sense. Take the guy you have in house, rock with him, let him learn, give him the same opportunities. You gave another guy who kind of proved that he probably didn't deserve all those opportunities. And let's see what he does with it. You know, because he's bringing a skill set, and now we know he's bringing a mentality. We just haven't had it that position in a long time. Like, I, I think the last guy with kind of a dog mentality, a never-say-die attitude, was on this podcast several weeks ago, which was, um, you know, our good friend, the fireman, you know. And, 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 and at the end of the day, that's what you needed. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It, it just, I don't know. I I liked I liked everything he did. I know, again, I just hope it doesn't, you know, push him to the back because, you know, coaches can be, you know, Coach Chris Ball is a fair guy. I know he wants to win, uh, but he's also, you know, he's a man of structure. You know, he doesn't like funny business, you know, that peeking outside, that's probably not going to be perceived well. Um, and he's very promptly – Issued a public apology and, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to ask you, Beast, when you saw that apology, what's the first thing that went through your mind? Well, let me let me read it so that everyone uh, knows what Jakari said. He, he tweeted out last night where we're recording this on Thursday, just afternoon. So he tweeted this out Wednesday night just before 7 p.m. I appreciate being able to sit down with the guys at Momentum Podcast. As a quarterback and a leader of an elite team of exceptional teammates, coaches, and staff, I hold myself accountable for anything I say or do that may be received in a negative light, despite my good intentions of having open dialogue. We are all united, and I intend to continue to remain focused on being the best version of myself as a leader. The first thing I thought when I saw that, and I said it to you, was, uh, someone got called to the principal's office. That's, that's, I mean, that's what I thought, but listen, you know, I, I hope he doesn't get in too much trouble. Now, what I can see is Mario saying to the, to the entire team, listen, man, 
you ain't going rogue. You ain't go. You ain't going rogue and showing up at Mo's house to do a podcast. Uh, you're not doing anything unless it's cleared by Cam Gorby and and the entire team down there. So let's not. Yeah, let's I hope he enjoyed away. being on because he. That's probably yeah. the last podcast he's gonna be on unless it's yeah, on with Josh Darrow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he doesn't have a chance. Yeah, Jakari was like, hey, man, spring break. Jaleel's coming back down. We'll, we'll just, us boys, we'll be chatting. I was like, that ain't happening. But uh, <laughs> but you know what I want to ask you? Because I, I watched the entire, it's an hour plus long episode. And it, I'll put it, I'll put the link to it down in the, the description of the audio and the video. Um, so you guys, if you haven't seen it yet, you can go see it. If it's not pulled down already. Um, while I was watching it, I was like, you know what? Like. Brandon, you wear like an eight million hats, right? You know, church, school, football hotbed, but you're around a lot of young young kids, um, day in and day out. And I'm thinking to myself, I bet you, Brandon, you know, in some of these teaching moments, whether it's at church, school, uh, football hotbed, might pull some clips from this and say, "Hey, look, look at look at how this kid is holding himself. Look at how he." has uh he's staying grounded and has his eye on the ball and x y and z to me if i'm if i'm mario right i i get it like i have to be upset because he kind of went outside the house but on the other hand um i'm 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 taking this uh and i know that if recruits are seeing this if you know young kids that are playing optimists are seeing this they're looking at our guy and going all right i like this kid, this kid's the right thing. Miami can can help me help shape me into something like that as well. Listen, you know, I'm sure that's his last podcast, and I'm sure Coach Cristobal called a team meeting or team chat and communicated what needed to happen moving forward. Um, Cam Gorby probably had one of the worst evenings he's had in a good oh, long yeah, time. For sure. Um, so shout out to you, Cam, because uh there's nothing you could have done to prevent yeah. that. That is not your fault. But I will say this, um, the competitor in Mario Cristobal, and I know this for a fact that he's super competitive. The competitor of Cristobal loves that. I think if you got your third string, and we're just assuming he's third string, because you don't bring in a Reese um, and you don't bring in a Cam to sit them on the bench. You know what I mean? Like, right. they're, they're a part of the plan here. So... Uh, if you got a guy that's in your depth chart at quarterback talking like that, you're in really good shape as a program because, and you're absolutely right. The thought crossed my mind, like, Hey, show these guys coming forward. Like, Hey, as good as you are, as, as highly recruited as you are, when you walk into a quarterback room, there are going to be some dudes in there and you know, you're going to have to prove you belong or are you going to be getting in that portal? And you want to have guys with mentality. It's just like how Caleb DeBoer wanted to replace Nick Saban. Like most people would have run kicking and screaming as far away from that opportunity as they can. Like, I don't want anything to have to do with, you know, being the guy after the guy, you know? And so that's why I like, you know, that choice because whoever stepped, stepped up for it and said, yeah, no, nah, I'll take that challenge on. That's kind of a guy that you, automatically you look up to like all right you know what i mean you got the guts for that like that's that's what it takes so i know mario cristobal liked 
you know, it probably wasn't good for the corporate University of Miami, but in quiet circles, probably to himself and reflecting, he's like, heck yeah, I like that attitude. Like, I just hope again that it doesn't get held against him. And I don't know whatever else has gone on with Ja'Curry. It's super curious to me. He called it out about Florida State not playing. I don't know why this kid didn't play last year. I just don't know. Well, well like, I mean, we uh, know we just, we we know that he asked to the red shirt, right? He he because yeah, but they that's were, they four were, games. You can play they, four full games. Well, I mean, he basically told you right the way that they were going to use him as was as a runner, and he wants to develop himself as a passer. He doesn't want to be known as a runner. So there's that kind of conflict going on. Yeah, uh, and I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole podcast. I just think it, he should have been in the game against FSU. Um, he should have played um, during either the Temple or the Bethune game. You know what I mean? He should have been the guy that came in. And But I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not a college coach, and I'm not, you know, the head coach of the University of Miami. And um, – you know, I just think development is something that is a process and it takes time, but you can't do it on the bench. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Now, listen, we, we constantly have to have this conversation because college football is so fluid as it relates to the rosters these days between incoming freshman, incoming portal, outgoing portal, like all of the stuff, outgoing to the league. It's just constantly a fluid roster movement. And, you know, after I got done with that video, I digested it. And then I was like, you know, if I'm Emery, what am I thinking? Now, I, now I know Emery, listen, he has his faith. He is as grounded as there is. He is a great kid. Uh, there's, you're never get, like this. This is not a guy that's going to stir anything up. He is going to be loyal. He, I mean, he's got the best attitude, all of that stuff. But in the end, you want to play and you just wonder how it's all going to break down because now the quarterback room, I mean, they talked about it at the end of the podcast uh, is now the quarterback room is really deep, really deep. It's very deep. And as a fan, you like it, but then the back of your mind, you start thinking like, did any one of these guys get out of here in the spring? Like that's going to be a nerve wracking time for Canes fans because um, you know, Cam's not going anywhere. He probably got paid very well. Uh, but Reese and uh, Jacuri and, and even Emery, uh, I think Emery you probably are pretty safe with because he's coming off an injury. But Jacuri Brown, you know, because, see, it wasn't just what he did on the podcast. Remember, he had the Instagram uh, comment about where was all this love during the season. You know, right. he kind of put that out there. So he's had some – He's had some uh, outspoken moments, and you just don't know from the outside looking in, has he had too many, you know? Well, and, but, uh, and, and so we'll find out if he gets in the portal, you know, if he's probably had one too many because he's got enough film out there to at least go to a group of five place and light it up and, and be, you know, kind of highly sought after. Listen, I, I get why Mario runs the program the way he does, and I understand his lineage, and he spent time with Saban and Shiano, and I, I get it, right? And, and 
and, and that's fine. And obviously he built Oregon up. He's he's you know done some things. He's he's definitely got the wherewithal. But on the other hand, who knows? And I'm just this is completely hypothetical and speculation. It's it's reckless, reckless speculation. But you know, who knows what was talked about during the year as far as Jakari goes, but man, I think a lot of a lot of um grief could have been um prevented if at some point during the year we got to talk to Jakari and he said, "Listen, I want to work on being a, a passing quarterback. In order to do that, you know, I need to redshirt. I've asked the coaching staff to redshirt. Um, so, like, you guys be patient. I'm coming, but I need to work on me. I need to work on my skills. I need to get with Coach Dawson. Blah blah blah. If that had happened, then I think a lot. Some of the misunderstanding and the conjecture that was out there wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have gotten the Instagram post. We would have got like there would have been a lot of stuff kind of softened yeah. over. But you know that that did not happen for whatever reason. Wh- yeah, whether and Dawson didn't address it, he didn't, he didn't address it at all, right. and Coach didn't address it. So there was just all this sort of cliffhanger type stuff. And yeah, no, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like it was the biggest mystery gone unsolved, and you almost felt like an enemy asking about it. It's like you know what happened to eleven, Coach? Like he's pretty decent. Like he won a game last year. It's not it's not like this guy is a Joe Blow. Like he he won a football game. You know, against a team we lost to this year, yeah, on the road at that as a yep. true freshman, yeah. You know, so you got Emory with a really good win at home against Clemson, but I mean, Curry has a he he wasn't bad last year either. You know, going on the road to Georgia Tech, and that's not an impossible place to play, but it's also not easy. And, and the guy was a true freshman. It wasn't like he was a you know an experienced guy or a red shirt like. No, it was a big deal. And so I don't know much to see, but Beast, summing up for me, it's, man, I like the kid. I mean, I really oh, do. Yeah. So I much, so much, so much respect for him. Um, I, you know what? I, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I've got some follow ups, not even about football, but about life with Jakari uh, and about like, he just seems like such an, a great kid that I, I would love to sit down and talk to him. Hey, good luck. On a, if he doesn't become a starter, you're never going to. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that, and that's the shame, right? That's the, that's the shame. You know like, what? He wasn't even at media day going back. Now that I think about it, like Emory was, but he wasn't. So this has been kind of bubbling with him. And, uh, you know, they kind of sneakily do things like that down there. And uh, I think that's fair to say. I don't want them to ban me or take away my right. credential. Like, they do little things where they don't put everybody out. And it's kind of like, you know, media day is kind of like, okay, people are there. And then, like, Jason Taylor, he comes, does one interview, and then he's gone. Like, things kind of funnily happen down there. And if you've been down there any length of time, you know. But looking back, I'm like, wait a minute. When pretty much everybody who's on scholarship is typically available, he wasn't. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, it goes. I've I've been doing this for a long time, man, and I've been saying it since I was a college sophomore, uh, and Butch Davis was in his first year. Um, these kids have great stories to tell, and um, yeah, there's always going to be knuckleheads. There's knuckleheads on every team, from Optimus to the NFL, right? But these kids have great stories. 
They, they are more than just a football player. They've got multiple dimensions about them. They know how to handle themselves. Like if you give us the opportunity, those of us that, that understand how to ask the right questions, how to work professionally, we could really, you know, there could really be some good stories, some stories out there, but you know, we just don't get the opportunity. All right. We're going to take a break on the other side. The 2024 schedule is out. Brandon's not about going down the schedule and, and, you know, giving you every little detail, but I am, I freaking love schedule talk. So I, I told Brandon, I said, we're going to do this and we're going to do it on the other side. It's the real ones. Kane's podcast. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Real Ones Canes podcast. He is Brandon O'Doy. Follow him at under uh, Brandon underscore O'Doy. You can follow me at Miami Radio Beast. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, just as we pause for two seconds, the entire world changes. We were about to talk about the schedule, and we will for a second. But we got breaking news, Brandon. It came down. Uh, Gabby Yerudia. Uh, from 247 breaks the news. He says, sources tell 247 and uh, that Miami running backs coach Tim Harris Jr. is expected to return to UCF as the Knights offensive coordinator. So Tim Harris Jr., who is a stud in the running backs room overall as a recruiter, is leaving Miami to go be the OC at UCF. Uh, I, I don't have words at the moment. What are your... Wow. What, what just happened? Yeah. Um, so uh, Tim Harris uh, started his career at FIU. Um, he was a very big time uh, high school football coach. He is an alum of the university of Miami. Did not Huge play track football. star. Yep. He was a big track star. He's in the hall of fame. Um, he played football in high school, obviously for his uh, father, right. Tim uh, ice Harris senior. Um, but this is a big career move for him because you start out at FIU. He was even potentially up for the job there. Uh, Cause uh, again, he is that good of a coach. Uh, and I mean, the head job after uh, Butch Davis got let go, he did not get that job. He probably should have uh, that job went to Mike McIntyre. Um, but he went to, 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 to UCF to kind of continue to build his brand. And this is kind of how this works. At the end, he came to Miami as a co-OC. He was not a play caller. He had been the offensive coordinator uh, with someone for, you know, several seasons uh, under Coach Gus Malzahn. And now, after coming to Miami, being the running backs coach, building up the room, uh, the backs had an amazing year. You saw what he did with Mark Fletcher in a very short period of time. Uh, This is a guy who's coached Mark Walton who went to Miami in high school. He's had tremendous backs uh, at FIU that had lots of success. Um, he's an offensive savant. He doesn't get enough credit. A lot of people like to throw the recruiter title on him. Um, he's a darn good football coach. He knows ball. His whole family knows ball. His brother's a cornerbacks coach and co-DC at FAU, Brandon Harris, who is a Miami somewhat legend. Uh, he was an All-American here. Um, and so his dad is a big time high school football, um, you know, guru coach in the Dade uh, County area. So this is just the next step in his progression. 
to becoming a college football head coach. I think he'll be the next head coach of FIU um, once this all plays out. But a great move for Tim Ice Harris Jr. and a terrible blow uh, for the University of Miami because at the end of the day, uh, you had an amazing room last year and you were developing even more depth, bringing in Jordan Lyle, uh, bringing in Chris Wheatley Humphrey from South Broward. Lyle was the biggest steal. And you already had Mark Fletcher. He just had surgery offseason. He's recovery mode. He had a great freshman campaign. Henry Parrish, a local, had a very good uh, campaign last year as well. You got good running from Allen before injury. Uh, you even saw flashes from CJ from Dillard as a true freshman as well. You're getting Trevante Citizen back. So you were excited about what was happening in that room under coach Tim Harris. And now all of a sudden you got to go find a coach. And then this is the worst part. You're having to find a coach after the cycle. So there aren't a lot of good and talented guys sitting around. You're going to have to go steal someone. Now, let me point you in the direction of where this may lead. Um, You may go right back to uh, FIU and grab coach Eric Hickson, who was the former running backs coach at the university of Miami under coach Manny Diaz. That's a, that's an in-town guy. You can just reach across the aisle and say, Hey, we'll take him right back. A local, a local Broward County legend, a guy that, you know, will keep everybody at bay. Uh, you know, a familiar face to a lot of guys. Um, I don't think coach Smith would want to come back from Ole Miss, um, you know, at this juncture, and then you have to start watching people on Shannon Dawson's tree, you know, who has been, you know, uh, with Coach Dawson, who might he be interested in uh, to, to do running backs. The other thing is, too, um, you have to look internally on the current current hurricane staff uh, because uh, an analyst was promoted when Stephen Field, who was the former tight ends coach at Miami, when he went back off field to focus on just recruiting strategy, they, you know, uh, elevated, you know, an analyst uh, in the tight end room yeah. and Coach Cody. So now uh, the potential guys to do that, you have uh, David Cooney, who's coached running backs under Thomas Brown. When he was the uh, running backs coach here at Miami, he's now off in the NFL and an offense coordinator and, and doing really well. Uh, and then there's uh, a few other faces who've been running back coaches at other programs, namely in the FCS. So uh, a very important decision for Mario Cristobal and uh, some breaking news. Not a great day for Hurricanes offensive fans. Um, But this hire, um, you know, we feel great, you know, for Coach Harris. He did a great job here in the short time he was here. I, I don't even know if he logged 365 days. I mean, it seemed like he just got here. So maybe he did exactly a year and, and now he's gone. And uh, you you thank God he signed that class, Jordan Lyle, and got those guys in-house before he left. Uh, but he returns to uh, Orlando with Coach Malzahn, and now he's going to be the offensive coordinator. He deserves that. Oh, huge props to Tim Harris Jr. He, he approves that. He, you know, historically in college football, you look at the running backs position, you set it as like, oh, that's the guy that's mostly a recruiter. And, you know, we'll figure out coaching the running backs, but not him. He is a football guru, X's and O's guy. He's going to be an offensive coordinator. He's an offensive coordinator at UCF. He's going to end up being, uh, you know, whatever he wants to be in, in right. this, in this field. If he wants to be a head coach someday, he will be that. 
But Brandon, you talked about finding the next running backs coach. I'm worried about who's he might steal in the next window, in the next portal window coming up in the spring. Who might, who might, that, that's a deep room. Does somebody or does one or two guys end up jumping with him to go to UCF? Well, thank God Jordan Lyle doesn't report into the summer because he would be the first person that I would think would be a problem. Um, but I don't think you have to worry about Fletcher. He had too good of a year here, plus he's coming back off an of injury. The guy I would be concerned about if I was Kane's fans is Henry Paris, the veteran. Yep. Um, UCF had a really strong running uh, room last year. I actually text coach about the room that he built. I got a chance to watch them in person. Um, but I believe their strongest number one back uh, goes on to the league. If he does not go to the league, we probably have very little to worry about. If he does go to the league, they have a number one spot available and it's going to be a scenario where that offense is going to be, you know, very prolific. Let, let's just talk about UCF for a minute. Gus Malzahn has been under a lot of pressure up in Orlando. Um, they lost a lot of senseless games, a lot of games they led. You know, they had big leagues. The game I was at, they were leading 35-10 going into the fourth quarter against Baylor and, and lost. You know, uh, so this is – this is something where he's being put in a position to get a chance to prove himself. He improves that offense. He's going to be uh, an, uh, a head coaching candidate, if not in one or two seasons. And so, yeah, I, I would, I would kind of, I would, I would look at Henry Paris's NIL deal and make sure it's, it's something he likes because um, yeah, that might be something you want to, you want to sure up for sure. Yeah, so R.J. Harvey was the outstanding running back from UCF, had over 1,400 yards this past season. He did announce in December that he was going to stay for his senior season and not go to the NFL draft. So um, we'll see how that impacts things. And if he sticks with that, um, I mean, he could decide to go to the supplemental um, if he wanted to uh, NFL draft. But uh, it seems like uh, that's going to be the roster at UCF. Wow, huge news. Um coming down from uh, 247 um, and Gabby Yerudia that Tom, uh, sorry, Tim Ice Harris Jr., Tim Harris Jr. is leaving to go be the offensive coordinator at UCF. All right, let me catch my breath for one second because uh, that caught us by surprise as we were sitting here getting ready to talk about the schedule, which we're going to do now. It's Brandon's favorite subject, but the 2024 schedule is up. So let's bring it up so the kids can see it as we talk about it. So let's there go. is... There's the schedule. We knew uh, we knew some of this stuff, um, but we, we didn't know all of the dates, and we don't know times for games. But what we do know is that they will start the season at Florida. I already booked my hotel for Ocala. So Saturday, August 31st, Labor Day weekend at the Swamp. Um, Brandon, I don't know if you saw the Florida schedule, but their November is looks about as tough as any uh, month of college football I've ever seen um, I think they played Georgia, Texas, and FSU in November. Um, the yeah, Gators... I feel bad for coach Napier in a year. He's got a win. Uh, now um, he, he's, he's, he's got one of the toughest roads, uh, but he does get a very talented quarterback. Number two player in the country. Yep. DJ Lagway uh, to help him uh, just hope they can put it together because uh, Gator fans are not going to be very patient. Uh, if the Canes come in there and handle business and then uh, you go into November looking for wins and it's, it's, it's going to be tough sledding. 
Yeah, so despite the fact that I think Miami um, is a better team than Florida, it is never easy to go to the swamp. Uh, and those those Labor Day weekend games, those uh, those week zero, week one games, um, can always can always get tricky and bite you in the uh, in the uh, proverbial tuchus. Uh The next week, Canes are home at uh, against FAMU. Let's hope they bring the band. Um, I, I I you know hey FAMU is not a joke, man. FAMU is no. number sixteen in FCS. It ain't about bringing the band. That's North Carolina. Well, you know, for me for me as a former member of the band of the hour, uh, you know, I care more about the band stuff sometimes but no uh, i understand i, I, I heard a, you say I'm, that I'm in a, your emergency pod but yeah I'm, I'm telling you man that's the number six team in fcs they got some big transfers that is not a cakewalk that ain't bethune cookman there are uh, levels yeah. willie yeah, simmons no. he's off the duke but i'm telling you uh and he'll be back with coach diaz when they come later on the schedule we'll get to that but that program it, it now they are without a head coach right now so it will depend on who they hire but I can tell you this, that is not a game you want to be taking lightly. No, for sure. All right, so then it is Ball State at Hard Rock Stadium on the 14th of September. Saturday, September 21st, you texted me immediately about this game. The Canes go to Tampa to play USF, uh, and, and you texted me trap game on that one. Trappy, trap easy. That is, not, that is the worst pot. That to me, there's not a worse game on the schedule outside of at Cal and um and at Louisville, which you knew you had to play because that's kind of how the SEC works. That's the worst game on this schedule. It, it truly is. Alex Golish, that 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 team, what they've built over there. Listen, if you don't think that game's trappy, ask Nick Saban. He oh, went sure. over there and almost yep. ruined his almost, he yep. almost ruined his legacy. 17-3, he got out of there with only his shirt. I'm telling you, that is a trappy, trappy, so bad. Hate it just it that is a that is a game. It well, and, and I'll tell you, as trappy as that game is, it will say a lot about where this program is in year three. If you go in there and do what you're supposed to do, because you should have better talent than USF, but I'm telling you, man. You got a really good head coach over there. You got a really good staff, defensive staff, Tyler Orlando, you know, coach KP, you know, who is the Miami legend. People know him around this area. Uh, you got DeMarcus Van Dyke, who just got on that staff, you know, first round draft pick out of University of Miami. That's, I don't like that game at all. Remember, I called it last year. I said, I don't like on the road at NC State. It ended up being bad news. I, I we we never like on the road at UNC that that's that's just terrible. But I'm the early game for me is September 21st. That has trap written all over it, and it's not even about because of what's before and what's behind. It's just ask Nick Saban. I, I that yeah, that I is it. not a place. I get that, it. That, that that's bad news. I don't know who who scheduled that game. You should not. Well, be I mean, US all the, all this like, listen all, all of all of these games. All these games have been contractually uh, scheduled for, you know, probably a decade before we've even gotten to here. Uh, yeah, that, that, that looks very Blake James's. I mean, that is, <laughs> that is bad news there. And then you get a short week. You play on a Friday night against Virginia Tech at Hard Rock Stadium on the 27th as the uh, the Virginia Tech Hokies come to town. Then the one. these Friday night games? I mean, come on. That's football. Welcome, That's high welcome, school football. 
that's ACC. Uh, that's ACC television. Uh, horrible media deal. That's what that is. Uh, then it's hey, welcome to the new ACC because Miami will go play a conference game at Cal in Berkeley. Uh, one of the most beautiful sites you will see. I, I've been there a bunch. Uh, my best bud went to Cal and lives out there. I was just out there. I love that campus. I love that stadium, uh, Memorial Stadium. It's a really old stadium, and it's it's so picturesque. Um, I, I've already have my reservations to go out to cover that one. Um, I can't wait for Miami at Cal, although I do have uh, some triggering effects of going to see Miami take on Cal in a bowl game at the San Francisco Giants baseball stadium. Um, I think it's Oracle Park now. Uh, and watching Javid Best run for like 8 billion yards against Miami. Um, so that kind of yeah, has and, me. And, and, I'll tell you why I don't like that game. You got Fernando Mendoza from Christopher Columbus. Coach that is correct. Crystal Ball's uh, alma mater. He's waiting to show he should have been a hurricane. And you get a chance to play him at home. He will be highly motivated. And they've so, got Ott. They've got Ott. He's one of the best running backs in the country. If you haven't watched him play, uh, go check out some video of Ott from Cal. He's unbelievable, and he's coming back. Uh, then the Hurricanes will get a bye week um, before Saturday, October 19th. I just booked my plane resis for this one um, at Louisville. Uh, so the, Miami the goes to County take, Cardinals, baby. Yeah, out of yeah. Another, 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 another. another. The Florida Cards, man, I, nobody wants to play those guys. I mean, nope. that's that's um, the house that Lamar built. That's, yep. I don't like that one. You get Don Chaney. He's going to be super motivated. Ja'Cory Brooks from Booker T. Washington comes over from Alabama. Uh, you get all kind of guys that they have. Uh, Dade County Canes, Dade County uh, Cardinals, rather. I'm not, I'm not in the mood for that, but I'm pumped for the next game. Yeah, Florida State, Saturday, October 26th. At Hard Rock Stadium, um, it it's listen, it's one of the best rivalries in college football. Yeah, if, um, if both teams come in undefeated or one lost, woo, gonna be that a, could make it. That could, listen, remember twelve team playoff. Uh, that game could uh, uh, could have a, a big impact. That 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 game. Hopefully, Miami comes into that game with no losses. Um, but if they come in with one loss, that game can decide a lot. But I mean, it's going to be. It's gonna be rocking. I mean, oh. I, I I can't wait. Hard Rock's gonna be a movie. It's gonna be an eight o'clock game, possibly college game day, um, and then the next week after that is kind of exciting, also. Yeah, we have the return of Manny Diaz as he takes his uh, Duke Blue Devils to Hard Rock Stadium as well. Uh, a lot of familiar faces on that staff um, up there at Duke. Mr. Pat Key, the yep. defensive coordinator, used to be outside linebacker coach. Uh, here, Coach Willie Simmons from FAMU will, is on that staff. And then Malik Murphy. Malik yep. Murphy, who may feel some type of way, Beast. May feel some type of way. Did not get a telephone call when he got in the portal. little motivation. I don't know if he'll have the athletes to pull it off, but he will be motivated, and he will be in Hard Rock Stadium at the beginning of November. So, yeah. 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 Uh... Then the next week, uh, they are at one of my favorite places to watch a college football game, and that is at Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Um, I already scored a room at the Hampton Inn right on campus, so I can just walk to the game. Um, I know you love uh, watching games there in your hometown, 
up there. Um, it was great and, to be home, 15 yep. minutes from Mama's house. Yep, exactly. So uh, maybe you and I will uh, will both be there for that one. We'll, we shall see. Um, Wake there are a lot Forest. of games I can actually make this year. I mean, uh, away games. So I love in-state games. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> Wake Forest comes to town on Saturday, November 23rd. So we will see the Demon Deacons. Um, and then Miami ends the year on the road at the Dome in Syracuse. It's been a while, um, and this is how things come in the ACC when you have 17 teams in a league. Uh, you, you know, every year is uh, you're going to play someone you haven't played in a while, and it is Syracuse at the Dome. Thank goodness it's inside, Brandon. I've been to Syracuse in the winter. It is dreadful. Absolutely, you know, yeah, it's dreadful. indoors, but I mean, they're going to be juiced up. First year head coach, Fran Brown. Yep, it's that funny, trappy end of the year. You're having a great season, possibly being undefeated, and then you play a game around Thanksgiving. And Miami has always struggled in those games. It's usually Boston College this year. They did a fairly decent job of, of putting that away, but yeah, got to be focused. I'm not going to sit here and do the win loss thing. It's impossible to do it's now. It's too early for that. Yeah, it's way too early. But what I will say is, listen, we know somewhere on this schedule, whether it's the USF game, whether it's, uh, you know, at Louisville, wh- whatever it is, somewhere there is some potential loss lurking that, you know, if Miami has their, you know, their uh, their stuff <laughs> together, they is can it? try to avoid that. But it hasn't. Uh, as of Georgia recently, Tech or Middle Tennessee State yeah, lost. Yeah. On yep. that schedule, somewhere you just gotta find it. Yeah, somewhere. Uh, you know, hopefully people have learned some lessons. Hopefully we've and... outgrown that. Hopefully yeah. we've outgrown that. We're yeah. gonna find hopefully. out. Hopefully. Uh, by, by the way, <laughs> uh, just to put a just to circle back and put a wrapping on this thing, uh, they they asked you Murray about they they mentioned the Georgia Tech thing and he just kept on going. He didn't he didn't even address wow. it. He didn't even he didn't even bat an wow. eye. He just he just kind of like. He, he just kind of well, like he's a smart guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. No he, doubt he, about he, it. Like he might have said some things, dude. but he might have said some things, but he wasn't he going there because he, he knows. And, and I'm telling you, that is a short topic in that building. You have to be very careful and tread very lightly when you start bringing up Georgia Tech. Yeah. I no can tell you that for a fact. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right. So now uh, we've got plenty of stuff to do for next week's show, including who is going to be the running backs coach. So we will we will work on that, but we would appreciate it if you subscribe and uh, and uh, and go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Go hit up the YouTube channel. Thank you for watching, everyone. We appreciate you always. Have a good time. We'll see you when we see you. It's the Real Ones Canes podcast. Peace. <laughs>